0: Amen, amen. Uh, Well, guys, welcome uh, to week three of uh, of the real God. It's it's good to see uh, some new faces and uh, parts of new faces. Um, and uh, we had some new faces at the park as well, people that we hadn't seen in a while. It's always so good to see you. Um, guys, this is uh, week three of our study through Chip Ingram's book called The Real God. Um, but we're not really studying a book. We're, we're studying who God reveals himself to be in Scripture. And so last week, and we started by talking about uh, the character of God, right? So we're talking about his characters. And so, so the very first character trait we studied was goodness, That God is good. And what I shared with you guys during our time, uh, remember, this is just a a glimpse. We just have one moment of teaching here, and then we're meant to have small group uh, stuff that goes on. Right now, media, you can go on and watch uh, stuff. We've got the book you can read. So there's all kinds of other things you can do. But here in my teaching time, I kind of emphasize that truth that because God is good, he wants to change our life. Because God is good. He wants to change. He loves us so much that He meets us where we are, but He refuses to leave us there. He wants to transform our life. So we talked about spiritual transformation, right? We kind of talked about um, justification and then sanctification and then glorification when we're completely mature in Christ. And so that's God's goal for your life. And and that's kind of where we left off talking about the goodness of God. Well, Well, this week I want to talk to you about our next character trait. And this morning what we're going to study is the sovereignty of God But I want to pick up kind of where we we left off. And so I I want to continue to talk about this spiritual transformation. What does the sovereignty of God mean uh, in regards to our becoming more and more like Christ? So three things I'm going to share with you this morning. And guys, here is the first. Uh, I want you to know that because God is sovereign, we can be assured that our transformation will be completed. Because God is sovereign, we can be assured that our transformation will be completed completed, Miss Catherine, I'm going to ask you for a favor. I know you're hosting live chat. Would you run to my office and see if you can find my readers for me? Because I'm now old and can no longer see. Um, thank you, God, for being 40. Uh, 44, actually. It happened, it happened like Literally, like, like a month ago, I looked down to try to cut a hangnail and couldn't see it. And it just, it just happened. So, uh, it's okay. Next week, my real glasses are coming. I had to get those too. I'm super excited. So, okay. Back to our first point. Let's throw it on the screen again. We're going to recap this. Uh, I'll look at it up there because it's bigger. First thing I want you to see is because God is sovereign, we can be assured that our transformation will be uh, complete. So, let's just kind of start with what, what does sovereign mean? What, what, what does it mean when I say that God is sovereign... Uh, what does that mean? Well, here's how Webster defines sovereign. Uh, he, he says uh, Webster's dictionary says, "Someone who is above all who is superior, the greatest, the chief, the supreme power, the the ranking authority, right that's kind of the thought behind what Paul writes in Romans 828 when in Romans 828, thank you, uh, Paul writes, "We know." Um, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, oh, so much better, and are called according to his purpose. Um, and and what, what Paul's basically saying is, listen, God's above all, right? And, and, and because God is, is above all, he's, he, he's, he's there, he's in all, he's working through all. And what God does, he's so good. He even works the bad things in life out for, for our good because, because he's good. And so God is sovereign. He's he's in everything in your life, even if you can't see. Right? I I love what Chip Ingram says about that in in his book, Speaking of Romans 8.28. He says, listen, nothing will enter your life that God does not either decree or allow. And nothing will ever enter your life that if you are willing to trust in Him, He cannot work out for your good. And I want you to hear the promise of, of this good, sovereign God. Here's the promise of this good sovereign God that He who began a work in you is going to finish that project. Isn't that awesome? That He who began a good work in you is going to finish the project that He started. In fact, Philippians 1.6 says this, "I, I am sure of this, that He who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God's sovereignty assures us that we will be spiritually complete one day. That's awesome, isn't it? That's good. That's good stuff. Right? You can say amen. We're in church. It's okay. I know it's a little muffled with the man, amen. But it's okay. I take it. I take it. We're accepting those. All right, second thing I want you to see. This assurance, this assurance doesn't mean that our decisions won't have real significant effects on our lives. All right? So we establish this truth that God is is sovereign. I kind of want to take it a step further further, not only does God rule over everything, not only does he rule over everything, but but listen, he does so with purpose, he does so with purpose, now John Piper would say, what's the difference between sovereignty and providence, ready, here it is, by the way, big theological terms, okay, this one, sharing lots of them with you, I'm going to give you definitions. but here's the the, the providence of God just means God's sovereignty with purpose, with purpose. And so here's how we would define God's providence. God's providence is, is the fact that God is continually involved with everything that He's made. Okay? And He's continually involved making sure that we exist, uh, making sure that we maintain all of our created pop- properties. He's continually involved cooperating with every action, directing to cause us to act, and, and, and ultimately directing us to fulfill His purpose. And not just us, but all of creation the trees, the rocks. The puppy dogs, right? God, God is, is at work in all of, of those things. That's, that's providence. Now, now listen, uh, a lot of people refer, refer to it like this. God is the primary cause. The primary cause. Anybody ever heard that? God's the primary cause? Okay, of all things, God's the primary cause. All right. Now here's the deal though. We hear that and sometimes then we have a tendency to think that, well, I'm, I'm no cause at all. I have, I, have, I have no say in, in anything. And, and, and we know we've got to guard against that as well. And so I, I love um, what Wayne Grudem says. Wayne Grudem, by the way, is a guy that pretty much wrote the book on systematic theology. I mean, it's titled Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. And, uh, and what systematic theology is, don't let that scare you, systematic theology is the study of thoughts about God. That's what theology is. So what are thoughts about God as they appear in the whole of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, what, what does God's Word in its, in its fullness reveal to us about God? And, and this is what he says about, about God's providence. He says, God's providential uh, direction as an unseen, behind-the-scenes primary cause should not lead us to deny the reality of our choices and actions. Again and again, Scripture affirms that we really do cause events to happen. We are significant And we are responsible. We do have choices. And these are real choices that bring about real results. Scripture repeatedly affirms these truths as well. And I would challenge you, just think about the story of Joseph. Right? You guys remember the story of Joseph. He was one of 12 sons. He was his father's favorite. And and his father made him that beautiful coat of of many colors. And his brothers were jealous. and, And his dad sent him out one day, and said, hey, I want you to go, and I want you to take food to your brothers, and and they see him, and they're like, oh, there's that bull, we're going to kill him, we're going to kill him. He gets there, and like, no, let's not kill him, we'll just sell him into slavery, that's better. And so they sell him off as slaves, he ends up in Egypt, in Potiphar's house, his wife wants to have an affair, he's out, he's like, nope, Uh, she grabs his cloak, lies to her husband, ends up in jail. Now listen, here's what I want to say to you, Uh, Joseph's brothers made real choices, didn't they? And those real choices had, had real consequences, not just in their life, but in Joseph's life. They really chose to allow their father's favoritism to get to them. They, they, that was a choice. They allowed that to get to them. Right? Then they, they chose to, to sell their brother as a slave. That was their choice. Then they chose to cover up their actions and, and take the cloak and dip it in blood and, and take it to their father said, your, your, your son, your favorite son is dead. Broke their father's heart. These are real choices that they made that had real consequence in, the life of, of, in their life, but also in the life of Joseph. So, right, Joseph goes to jail, right? Uh, Joseph is a slave, he goes to jail. But, but ultimately, those things also are what led him to the palace. And so we have, we have man's choices going on, and we have God's sovereignty going on all at the same time. And in fact, when Joseph's dad finally dies, his brothers come to him, and they're like, hey, please don't do to us what we did to you, right? That's when you know you've messed up in life, by the way. If you ever have to say to somebody, please don't treat me the way that I treated you, uh, that's, that's you have blown it. And, and so they do. They, they go to him, and they're like, hey, listen, please, 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 whatever you do, do not treat us, the way that we treated you. And, and Joseph's like, hey, why, why would I do that, man? I, I love you. You're, you're my family. And, and this is what he says to him at the end of Genesis, Genesis 50 verse 20. He says, you planned evil against me, but God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many. And, and of course, uh, the nation of Israel was really born in Egypt. They, they showed up in the middle of, of, of horrible famine, maybe 80 people, and there in Egypt, they became a nation of, of millions, right? All happened, all happened uh, because God is sovereign, and all happened because his brothers made some choices. All of that working together. And so, so listen, I, I want you to know, because God is sovereign, we can be assured that our transformation will be complete, but this assurance doesn't mean our decisions won't have real significant effects on our lives. kind of brings me to the last point, guys, is that in His sovereignty, God chooses to cooperate with us and empower us to bring about the change He desires in our life. Let me say that again. In His sovereignty, God chooses to cooperate with us and empower us to bring about the change He desires in our life. Now, some of you are not going to like that word, right? That word cooperate. And the thought of God cooperating with us, that's like, that's a foreign concept. You're like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. I mean, God's, God's uh, holy and, he, and he's and he's high and he's powerful and, and, and the thought of God having to cooperate with me I don't like it. It sounds wrong, okay, but but it it is indeed part of of God's providence, right? And in fact, the theological term for it is is a term called concurrence, concurrence. And so I'm going to introduce this this, this principle of concurrence to you, and I just I want you to understand what it is. Concurrence is God cooperating with created things in every action, directing their distinctive properties to cause them to act as they do. And so, so part of God's purpose, of His good purpose, so, so providence is, is God's sovereignty, right, for a purpose. And so part of God's good purpose is is that He would work in us, with us, and through us to accomplish His will. That's part of God's purpose, Right? And, and, and so uh, we see this everywhere, by the way. We see this everywhere throughout, throughout Scripture. It, it's all over Scripture. In fact, um, so, so we see the, the, the principle of concurrence um, in, in inanimate objects or in nature, right? Listen to what it says in the book of Job. Job 37, 6 through 12 says, For he says to the snow, that's God, God says to the snow, fall on earth. And it does. That's pretty cool. And, and, and the torrential rains, uh, his, his mighty torrential rains serve as his sign to all mankind that all men may know his work, that he's behind it. Wild animals enter their lairs and stay in their dens. The, the windstorm comes from its chamber, and, and the cold from the driving north winds. Ice is formed by the breath of God, and watery expanses are frozen. He saturates the cloud with moisture, Right? I mean, guys, that means it doesn't, doesn't rain without God saying to like, literally saturate. God is in nature. God is in the clouds, saturating with them with moisture so that it will rain. It says He scatters His lightning through them. They, they swirl about, turning around and round at His direction, accomplishing everything He commands them over the surface of the inhabited world. And so listen, creation cooperates with God. Creation cooperates with God. It, it, it does. Not just creation. The Bible teaches us that kingdoms and, and nations and people in authority, that God's in that as well. Uh, listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 22, verse 28. He says, for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. And of course, the same is true in our own lives, right? Because in our own lives... Right? It says this in Acts 17, 28. For in Him... Paul's writing about Jesus. He's, he's writing about the Spirit of God. He says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and, and we move and we have our being. That Listen, it is in Christ, it is, in, it is in the Holy Spirit that, that we're able to live, that we're able to survive, that we're able to move. And everything that we do, God's in it is what Paul is saying. Everything that we do... Paul, uh, God is in it, Paul is declaring, right? And I just want you to think about this one as we talk about the Holy Spirit. So Acts 1.8 says the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we'll receive power, we'll be empowered so that we can be witnesses, right? So the Holy Spirit gives us power to be witnesses for Christ, right? And in John chapter 15, it says the Holy Spirit is our counselor and our guide and our teacher. All of those, all of those concepts have to do with concurrence, Right? That God doesn't overpower us. He doesn't just just testify um, apart from us. He does that in creation and those kind of things. But God chooses to cooperate with us. He, his, his Holy Spirit gives us uh, wisdom, but also gives us power so that we can be witnesses. The Holy Spirit is, is our comforter, but He's also our teacher and our guide. Well, well guess what? He's not forcing. He's walking in front. He's, he's quietly calling each of us by names and come and, and follow me. Right? It's concurrence. It's God cooperating with us, working in us and with us and through us. And so here's the deal. You talk about the sovereignty of God and some people want you to land on this side, and some people want you to land on that side, and they say, you've got to pick a side, right? If God's sovereign, then, then, then our choices don't matter, and some people, well, if our choices matter, then how is God really over everything? And here's the truth. Uh, biblically speaking, both are accurate. Biblically speaking, God is completely sovereign. He is in everything, over everything, working all things towards His purpose, towards His will. That's providence, Right? Uh, but God is also working through us and in us, cooperating with us. And, 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 and our choices really do matter. And, and they really have great consequence. And we can't get away from that either. And so really the only question that people usually have for me at this point is, well, pastor, how does all that work? And so I'm going to give you a biblical answer. Are you ready? The Bible doesn't say so. Your biblical answer is the Bible does not explain how those two things work together, but they do. And, 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 and here, in, instead of like, allowing that to cause you anxiety, friends, I, 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 just, I just rest in that. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome that God has a purpose and a plan and a design and He is going to accomplish His purpose and and He's he's somehow going to use me. He's going to bring me to completion. He ain't done with me yet. He ain't done with you yet. He's still working, right? And it's God's sovereign and yet I'm also not a robot. I matter. My decisions matter and the choices I make matter. And I have no idea how all of that fits together i just i just know that it does and it brings me peace i I hope and pray that it brings you peace as well so that just kind of leaves us with with uh what we do because of the message what we do because of the message three things i want to share with you and i'll let you go Uh, number one i i think this i think this these truths call us to believe that god is going to finish what he started in us i think that's the first thing so i want to just ask you a question do you because sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I find myself in a place where I, I kind of messed up recently. I know none of you guys have that problem, right? Just the pastor. Right? Where maybe I lost my temper and I wasn't supposed to. And I, maybe I said some things that I shouldn't have said. But just me, right? None of you guys ever... I, I can't even tell with the mask on. You guys may be laughing. I don't know, right? Yeah. And so what happens, because sometimes we find ourselves in places, and we're like, man, I've been here before. And when we find ourselves in places where we've been before, we begin to question whether or not we're really being transformed into the image of God, don't we? Like, man, is this thing working? Right? Is this thing working? And so what do we have to do? Well, we have to believe, God, God, you're not done with me. That you promise in your word that you're going to bring about to completion this work that you've begun in me. And so, Lord, I have to rest in that truth, believing you're not finished with me, believing this is not my final destination, believing that I won't be stuck in this sin, believing that I'm an overcomer, believing that I'm going to rise up, get out of this, by, by your power, by your grace, believing that I have a hope and a future and it's still good. And, and what I'm asking you this morning is, man, listen, whether you're here in person or you're watching at home... You've got to believe that God is not finished with you yet. That you still have breath in your lungs for a reason. Right? You've got to believe that. and So that's the first thing I would challenge you to do. Believe that God will finish what He has begun in you. Second, uh, I want to challenge you to understand the importance of your daily decisions. To understand the importance of your daily decisions. And kind of... uh, I want to stress this, and, 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 and I know it's weird. We've got a message on the sovereignty of God, and the pastor's telling you, make better decisions. But they go hand in hand. Okay, listen. God is sovereign. He's overall. Okay, he's also provident. Okay, which means that not is he only overall, but he's overall working it out for a purpose. And he wants to cooperate in us and through us. And he has sent his son, Jesus, and Jesus came and lived the life that we couldn't, but He did so not just because we couldn't, He also did so, so we could see what God looks like. And this Jesus never meets somebody and just like, hey, cool to see you, and goes off. This Jesus, when He comes into contact with somebody, always says, hey, you, come and follow Me. So daily we have this option, we have this ability to wake up and make a decision. Am I going to follow that Jesus today? I'm going to just sit here in my sin and sulk. And your decisions matter. They have a huge impact on your life. They have a huge impact on the life of your kids and your neighbors and your friends. Your indecisions your matter when we choose that because of COVID we, we can't share Christ. What is that about? Can't make disciples because I have to wear a mask? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, I, right? I mean, I mean just, just follow. Like, we, we whether, whether we're doing this virtually and we have the ability to share Christ with all kinds of audience, hey, dude, watch this with me, man. Let's talk through this. Let's do life together. Right? And so, so we have to do this. And every day you need to know that tomorrow you're going to be faced with a thousand decisions, and, and half of them easily will not be from God. It's going to be a whole lot of temptation put on your plate. And it would be easy to give in and say, well, God's over it. It doesn't matter. But your decisions do matter. They do matter, right? They have an impact. God will, God will still, because he's good, figure out how to use things for good. But that doesn't mean that you can't cause yourself and others great hurt, okay? So I really want you to think about your decisions. Last thing. Last thing. Here it is. Ah, I want you to ask God as your good guide to daily lead you in his ways. Ask God as your good God to daily lead you in His ways. I found this this morning uh, when I was kind of working through my notes. Psalm eighty six eleven uh, says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. That's good. That's good. And so here's my challenge to you this week. Uh, I want to challenge you, man. Every day this week, pray Psalm eighty six eleven, Man, just pray. Teach me your ways, O Lord. So that I might follow your truth. Let God lead you. God wants to lead you. God will lead you. You've got to let him lead you. You've got to follow him. Jesus says to his disciples, same thing he always has, come and follow me. My friends, this week, will you listen? Will you follow? That's my hope. That's my prayer. All right? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so good. We pray that you would help us live out these truths that we'd find rest in the fact that you're a sovereign God that's in charge of all things and that you're going to work things for good. But God, also that we would feel the tension and responsibility of our own decisions and actions and that we would live accordingly. Help us work that out this week. I think that's what your word means when you said we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. supposed to wrestle with these things and, and focus on these things. Help us do that this week, God. We love you so much. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, before I let our at-home audience go, before I let you guys go, one huge announcement. Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night, we are going to resume in-person services here at our church. Now, we're working through the Real God series, and it's got a lot of components. And so our kiddos are going to meet in the fellowship hall. Miss Catherine's going to be there. We have cleared out every table. Now, listen, there is no dinner here There's no, we can't do those things the way that we used to right now. So we've cleared out all the tables. What we're going to do is ask you to be here. We're going to begin services at 7, and we're going to be done at 8, period. So, so the loitering and the long... Somebody said, well, man, that's, that's 15 minutes later than I used to get out. Yeah, but we're kicking you out at 8. So you'll be home earlier than you used to be uh, when we, we let you out at 7.45. And so um, we're doing that. We're giving folks that extra time so that you can make dinner, take care of those things. It also lets our athletes get here on time. Uh, so that they can grab something to eat, be here at 7. So it's going to be shortened service from 7 to 8. Children are going to meet in the fellowship hall. Um, We are not doing, we can't do preschool or nursery yet. Okay, Um, we, we don't have the workers for it. Uh, the, that age group, if they were here, wouldn't have to wear masks. We, we can't do that yet. Um, our workers uh, are, are kind of in higher age range, and some of them are having complications with things. So we're working diligently. Uh, if you're somebody that has been background checked and you're interested in helping out with one of those things, uh, contact Catherine or send us an email. Uh, but so right now, it is, it is kindergarten through sixth grade, meeting in the fellowship hall. They do need to bring their masks. Uh, they'll be wearing masks, and the Fellowship Hall will maintain so- social distancing. It'll be fine. It'll be uh, the youth are going to meet in the white building, and uh, actually they're going to meet outside the white building. Uh, so weather permitting, they're meeting outdoors, so they don't have to wear masks. They're going to practice social distancing. They'll do Bible study outside. It'll be great. If it rains, they do need to have their masks because then they'll be going inside. And, uh, and then adults, we're going to come directly to the sanctuary. So if you don't have kids, you're going to go directly, directly through those back doors. Come in here. We're going to watch a video and then the men and women will break out into smaller groups to talk about those things again from 7 to 8. Everybody good? Okay, awesome. Hey, we're going to say bye to our at-home audience. Guys, we love you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to see you next week. God bless you.